You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. And that's why so many of our journeys within Christianity are often so complicated. It's, it's the all-or-nothing approach that sets us up to try to follow a Christianity that is both extraordinarily beautiful in some regards and a nightmare in others. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 477. Our title this week is The Destructiveness of All or Nothing, and our feature text is from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 11, 16 through 19, and then verses 25 through 30. It reads, What can I compare this generation they are like children sitting in marketplaces calling out to others. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, so there's a lot in this week's passage to unpack, and, and I think there's a lot here if we unpack it that could uh, guide our justice work today. So I love how our reading begins with John and Jesus being likened to, to pipers. John played a dirge, um, and Jesus's pipe called hearers to dance, and neither gets their desired response. Um, John gets beheaded, Jesus gets crucified, but in the end, this, there's a statement, wisdom is proved right by her deeds. And the two things that resonate with me here, first, is the feminine language for wisdom. It's That's in harmony with the, the Hebrew tradition um, of wisdom being uh, spoken of about in, in, again, feminine language. Um, but, but second, she's proved right by the deeds to which she gives birth. Wisdom produces deeds, and it's for, for us to discern from our own experience and the experiences of those not like ourselves whether what we think is wisdom has produced deeds that are, are life-giving, or death dealing. It's another way of saying by their fruits you'll know them. Wisdom is proved right by her deeds. And 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 we have to ask are the actions being produced by by so-called wisdom are those actions death dealing? And if they are, then we need to rethink 
what we've deemed to be wise. I, I want to apply this to our faith tradition in a practical way for a moment. We can apply this uh, to to our expression of Christianity. We can apply this principle to our interpretations of the Bible. We can even apply this principle to the Bible itself uh, and to the, the Jesus story within the Bible. So let's begin with the Bible. Remember, the Bible is not monolithic. The more someone actually reads the Bible, the more we encounter passages in the scriptures that are both life-giving and passages that are are death-dealing. The Bible authors, they were trying to make sense out of the world they were living in and within the bounds of their own time and space. So this impacts how we relate to the Bible as a whole. And and I want to caution against an all-or-nothing kind of thinking here or an all-or-nothing kind of approach. We can be honest about things in our sacred text that are not life-giving but destructive like its affirmation of slavery or the texts of terror that are used against women. Those are just two examples. And we can at the same time hold on to to things in the Bible that are beautifully good. We can hold on to the things that are are life-giving, deeming them of enough positive value for us um, to not throw out our entire sacred text because not everything in our sacred text has proven to be life-giving. But but again, by their fruits, you will know them. Jesus practiced this method of interpreting his own sacred text. You can find this in Luke 4, 18 through 19, when you cross-reference it with, cross-reference it with Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. There are significant portions that are just left out. And we can take the good and let go of the bad, By rightly discerning, or to use biblical language, rightly dividing the word of truth, by testing passages by their fruit. We can follow this same practice as we interpret specific passages as well. Sometimes it's not the passage that is the problem, but the way we've interpreted it. So we we can hold on to interpretations uh, of text using the same test whether their fruit whether the interpret the fruit of the interpretation is life-giving or or, or death dealing whether it's healing or destructive and we can apply this to Christianity holding our expression of Christianity's practices and and doctrines to the test of wisdom is proved right by her deeds we can evaluate um, our interpretations of teachings that we credit to the historical Jesus this way too. We can affirm the, the life-giving value of the Jesus story while also being honest about where maybe the authors writing uh, that story, they reflected the concerns and struggles of the early Jesus community out of which these stories evolved more than they reported direct transcripts from the historical Jesus. So we can begin to embrace the humanity of Jesus himself, who, like it says in Luke 2.52, he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people. So, And and for those who object to this way of of looking at... Christianity or the Bible or or even the Jesus story and and I, I do I hear those objections loudly in my own head at times too it's helpful to remember that there's really nothing more to be said if someone who who views the Bible or Christianity or the Jesus story as an all or nothing deal um a, a book 
if they view the Bible as a book in which the authors never made mistakes or brought in their or their community's concerns, there's really not an, a lot you can say to to change their mind. By taking the Bible as an unnuanced whole, um, they're setting themselves up to always be destined to exhibit deeds that that are a mix. They're a mixture of, of life-giving and death-dealing practices. And that's why so many of our journeys within Christianity are often so complicated. It's, it's the all-or-nothing approach that sets us up to try to follow a Christianity that is both extraordinarily beautiful in some regards and a nightmare in others. And, and we have to learn to choose between those things that are Christian, um, but death-dealing, and those things that are Christian and, and life-giving. Again, an all-or-nothing approach, it puts people in a place where they have to grapple with whether they're even Christian at all, when nuance w- would give them a way to embrace the good while rejecting the bad. And ultimately, we learn and we have to learn instead to practice knowing something by its fruit or or, or the deeds that it, it it produces. Even our sacred text can be embra- embraced as being inspired by the divine while having been written to by humans. And this allows us um, to not always get it right because the Bible nor we are infallible. We, we're simply reaching for, we're attempting to find ways of answering the big questions that are life-giving. And sometimes we get it right and sometimes we don't. And, and, and some questions, they just simply can't be answered yet. It's up to us to hold everything with an open hand, asking questions from our own, to the best of our knowledge, context today. And, and, and we can let go of the things that are death-dealing. We can hold on to those things that are life-giving. And when we discover that something we thought was life-giving actually isn't, we can let go of that, giving uh, way uh, and making room to, to embrace things that are life-giving. We can always be in search of the most life-giving way to follow the life-giving Jesus today. And, 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 and we cannot be threatened. Um, I, I love living in a place where you're not threatened by discovering that we've been wrong about something, but always reaching for what is true. And I feel like that's enough for this week for most of us to chew on, but there are two final things that I want to address in our lectionary reading this week. Number one, the exclusivity at the end of our reading this um, no one knows the Father and, and, and except who the Son reveals them. That, that, that sounds more like the Gospel of John than the Jesus we typically encounter in the synoptics. And that may reflect the claims of the early Jesus community and their, their efforts once again to communicate Jesus' importance through the language of exceptionalism. But today, we can do better. And I've often said this, we don't have to put down others for, for Jesus and his teachings to be intrinsically valuable. Well, we don't have to make Jesus the only source of life-giving things to emphasize the value of his teachings. And lastly, I want to address the, the yoke of Jesus here being easy and his burden light. One social loca- location, it matters here. This statement, remember, it was addressed to those who were worn out from being overburdened in that society. To them, the yoke of Jesus was much easier than the yoke of the system that they were trying to survive in. Jesus' system of resource sharing, of mutual aid, taking responsibility for ensuring the care and well-being of one another, that was way easier 
than every person or, or family being for themselves in a society where every moment they were teetering between survival and catastrophe, living each day one at a time. And again, this statement was given to those whom the system had worn out and over overburdened for them jesus's yoke or jesus's burden was easy and light but for those benefiting from the present system remember change would be different it 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 it, it was um uh, it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of god it said in matthew 19:24 um it was it was not easy for that social location um, it wasn't easy for them to embrace the the changes that Jesus is teaching called them and us too um, to as well. So again, all of this has to be held in tension. And again, there's a lot in this week's gospel lectionary reading. So take some time this week. What in our reading this week is resonating with you? Heart group application number one: share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, in what ways do you relate to the Bible or Christianity in in nuanced ways, holding on to those things that are life-giving and rejecting those elements that are death-dealing? Discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you'd like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. And you can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast uh, in whatever podcast platform you're using, take a moment this week to leave us a positive review. This helps others find this podcast as well. And also, um, just want to remind you that we're partnering uh, in a new weekly YouTube show called Just Talking each week. Todd Leonard and I will be talking about the, the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And, and our hope is that our talking will be just as in justice, but that it, something will be said during that time that will inspire you to, to do more than just talking. So if you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, uh, check it out. You might like it. You can find Just Talking each week on YouTube at youtube.com at Herb and Todd Just Talking. And once again, please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment there, let us know you were there. And if you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at uh, info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, Remember, remember that um, uh, my new book, Finding Jesus, is available at RenewedHeartMinistries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.